Petersburg. This is SportsCenter. Good morning, I'm Doug Brown. Game one, not a problem for the Lakers this time. After losing the first game to both Portland and Houston, the Lakers pounce on the Nuggets for a 126-114 win to open the Western Conference Finals. Anthony Davis with 37 points and 10 rebounds. LeBron James, 15 points and 12 assists after running a distant second in the MVP voting. I have no idea. I mean, I'm fine. Don't get it twisted. Like, I'm going back to my room. I'm perfectly fine. I mean, we're up 1-0 in the Western Conference Finals. I'm absolutely fine. So don't. Like, I was f***ed up with the reaction earlier when I saw that. I'm absolutely great now. I'm going back to my room, drink some wine, and sleep very well tonight. So let's not get it twisted. I'm great. James got only 16 of the 101 first-place votes. Giannis Antetokounmpo took the rest in a landslide MVP win. James has four MVPs and now four second-place finishes. That's tied with Larry Bird and Jerry West for the most all-time. Third round at the U.S. Open today. Patrick Reed, the leader at four under. He's one ahead of Bryson DeChambeau. There are only six players in red numbers right now. 62 players made the cut. Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson didn't. Baseball Friday night. The A's clinch a playoff spot for the third year in a row. They shut out the Giants 6 to nothing. The Phillies sweep a doubleheader from the Blue Jays. Bryce Harper with a two-run homer in the first game. In the second game, he had the game-tying two-run double in the sixth and then scored the game-winning run on an error. Coming up Monday on the Max Kellerman Show, huge weekend in the NFL. Cowboys, Pats, and don't forget about the NBA playoffs. The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here come the Trotters. They're moving up and away they go in the second annual Patriot. We're off to the races, powered by The Racing Biz, your independent voice for racing and breeding in the Mid-Atlantic. On the web at theracingbiz.com. On the radio, on ESPN Richmond, it's off to the races. Here's Nick Hahn. The voice of Daryl Wood, bringing us into off to the races this morning. It's an appropriate weekend for Daryl Wood. Shenandoah Downs opened yesterday, reopened uh, February 18th, opening day. And uh, Daryl Wood, this time leading a lot of amateurs into the announcer's booth. That was back when Colonial Downs used to do harness racing. So uh, we have live racing in Virginia and uh, 10 races yesterday uh, out at Woodstock. No fans, no wagering, just video, but an opportunity for horsemen to collect money. We'll talk to Daryl Wood here in mere moments. If you are looking for an abundance of quality United States stakes racing action, this weekend is not it. It is a slow weekend, another slow weekend. It's just kind of funny in the way the racing calendar went bonkers with all the rescheduling. Uh, still, last week we had Kentucky down, some exciting action there, um, racing on the turf. This week we do have one grade one. I think it has five horses in it, the Belmont Oaks. It's Belmont Park reopens. Uh, and racing is back in New York. Uh, we do have the Belmont Oaks, a grade one. Uh, it's like the fifth race, I believe, on the card at Belmont Park. But other than that, there's just not a whole lot of racing going on at a stakes level across the country. Charlestown has some West Virginia restricted uh, racing later tonight. I think they have four small stakes races tonight. Uh, up at Woodbine, though, in Toronto, they have an excellent card up there featuring the Woodbine Mile. And uh, that has a horse in it by the name of War the Will, uh, uh, War of Will, the Preakness winner from last year. Um, he will be a feature horse in the uh, 
Woodbine Mile. But on today's show, we have Andrew Beyer, Andy Beyer, yep, the guy that uh, developed the speed figures, a landmark uh, move in terms of balancing uh, horses as they race from track to track, day to day, uh, surface to surface, the kind of the great equalizer. If you lined uh, all the horses up in, in the country and put them on one finish line or one starting line and, and had them complete the race, it's that buyer speed figure. That's what he kind of seeks to do with that. We'll talk to him about what that speed rating is, how to use it, how some timing issues have um, maybe affected it uh, and some things that the industry needs to correct, the impacts of uh, how timing can affect uh, the race. So we'll have Andrew Beyer on in about 15, 20 minutes or so. And of course, Frank Vespi and Derby Bill. Derby Bill, big help in terms of spotting horses. Uh, picked one up for me at Woodbine today that I'm excited to talk to him about. Had completely um, kind of forgot about this horse to be honest with you i don't know how but uh amsden a horse set was an impressive winner at colonial downs during their very short meet on july 28th um this horse sired by american pharaoh uh, is in the ontario racing uh cup and that's a hundred thirty five thousand dollar stakes race we'll talk a little bit about that horse with derby bill later in the show our replay though war of will we're leading up towards the preakness and uh when we have frank vespion and andrew Byer, we'll talk a little bit about the field and how that could be shaping up for the preakness uh, but just to give us a little taste to get, you know, our racing hearts moving this morning, here's Larry Colmus with the call of the 2019 Preakness. And they're into the stretch, and it's Warriors Charge off the turn in front. Another twist of fate. Here is War of Will, and he got through an opening on the inside of the gate pole. Owendale is storming down the center of the track, but it's War of Will coming down to the 16th pole in front. In front by two lengths late, a late charge from Lone Shot Everfast to the inside too, but nothing stood in his way. War of Will won the Preakness! And then it was Everfast in a photo with Owendale, followed by Warriors Charge and a final time of 1 minute 54.15 seconds. Today was the day for War of Will. He finally got his day last year in the Preakness. Uh, didn't almost had it in the Derby in the in the slop, but of course that was the race with maximum security, um, who uh, interfered with War of Will and Long Range Toddy, a number of horses. Um, War of Will was probably the most credentialed horse coming into that Kentucky Derby. Uh, had had won like the Risen Star, had won a few races. He, he was a good horse, and and didn't have the racing gods shine on him favorably in the in the uh, Kentucky Derby but came back to win the Preakness what a uh, vindictive win for a war of will um, hasn't done all that much since other than his last start at Keeneland uh, back in July where he won the Maker's Mark Mile but um We'll be have some eyes on War of Will, Mark Cassie's horse, uh, up in Toronto today. Uh, uh, someone that knows a little bit, I think, about uh, Toronto is Daryl Wood, uh, a Buffalo native, but he is uh, he's down here in Virginia now. He's working with the meet at Shenandoah Downs. He joins us now on Off to the Races. Good morning, Daryl. Morning, Nick. Uh, first day of racing at Shenandoah Downs. Uh, ten races on the card there at Shenandoah Downs. Uh, I know it must have been a really odd situation in terms of just the, 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 the I mean, a great day. Uh, cool conditions, a perfect autumn afternoon. You had horses inside the rails, but not a whole lot outside the rails. Tell us how the day went at Shenandoah Downs. It was it was great. Um, just great to be involved with uh, live racing again and seeing it here in the in the, the Commonwealth and and horsemen competing for purse money to keep their farms and training centers going. Um, but having gone to Middleburg earlier this spring into the Gold Cup in summer and the Colonial Downs, at the norm now is being there without spectators. So as odd as it was yesterday, it was I'm kind of used to that now. But the nice part about Shenandoah Downs down here is that the up here I should say. Is that the, uh, the the crowd in the grandstand? Literally, it's it's an old school, hundred plus year old facility, 
and it's got just that that decades old, just a really good feel to it, a country feel to it, and the, the crowd literally is on top of the action. So to not have those crowds uh, and fans cheering was different, but uh, no, good day, and uh, you know today feels like uh, like an early November autumn afternoon. So uh, <laughs> looking forward to thirteen races today at two o'clock. Yeah, forty six degrees for the overnight here in Earliesville, Virginia, uh, where we um, broadcast the show. Uh, Mitchell Bradley in Richmond uh, on the board, uh, keeping everything straight for us wherever I am and wherever our guests are located. Uh, during the uh, week, you didn't get a chance to see much of this, uh, but the stakes races. Uh, that were not run at Colonial Downs, the Virginia bred uh, and Virginia sired restricted races. That you know, last year, what the Beep won the Gilpin Stakes uh, it was one of the one of the races uh, before winning the Camp Town. But uh, you know the Gilpin, the Punchline, the Brook Mead, the Bird Allen, and the two-year-old Jamestown stakes that emboldened one last year. Those races didn't have the opportunity because of the closing of the meet quickly at Colonial Downs, just a, a meet that was snake bit from the very start, as I think Frank Petromala put it in the meeting. Um, they are rescheduled for Laurel uh, coming up October, uh, Friday, October 9th. Um, an opportunity, Daryl, for Virginia Breads to uh, get back into the spotlight and compete. Yeah, it's funny, and that's not that's not anything that's novel either, because uh, when Colonial Downs first closed initially for the Thoroughbreds back in 2013, the Virginia Bread Stakes automatically shifted over to Laurel, including what would become the Commonwealth Derby and the Commonwealth Oaks. So, uh, yeah, with Colonial opening, the shifts, the stakes rather shifted back there last summer, but uh, not anything new. But it, it'll certainly add a uh, a nice element to the to the fans on October 9th up at Laurel to see the five stakes. And for what I understand, every horse that's going to enter uh, gets a, a five thousand uh, dollar minimum uh, purse allowance. So uh, it's nice for the Virginia Bridge to get that kind of guarantee heading into the the stakes in Maryland. Yeah, an opportunity with the uh, with the purse money there. I do. I just chatting a little bit with Karen Dennehy Godsey, Eagle Point Farm up there in Ashland. Uh, what the beep? is uh, all things appear to be go for what the beep to try and repeat although it will be at a different track this time in the gilpin stakes uh so it'll be it'll be very entertaining those stakes close september 25th uh so we'll have a an opportunity by next week's show perhaps an opportunity to, to give you an idea of who may and, and may not further elaborate on who may may not be running in those in those races uh the track announcing so so with up there at shenandoah downs you do uh, you don't have fans you do live stream it so an opportunity for people to watch it but also an opportunity for novice track announcers uh, how'd we do yesterday i didn't get an, an, opp- an opportunity to listen to it well I, I knew about the gentleman uh that was coming michael langer was his name i didn't realize that he came from los angeles <laughs> for this opportunity <laughs> which is wild uh he planned a, a, a countrywide journey that was focused around calling races yesterday in the Shenandoah Valley, but he had five racetracks from L.A. out here. Uh, he left yesterday on his way to Columbus, Ohio. For the Harness fans, it's the Little Brown Jug Week coming up beginning uh, tomorrow. And granted, you can't be at the facility, but him and his buddies that he's gone to the Jug with for 40 years are setting up their campers in someone's uh, property, and they're going to party for five days, got a couple of kegs of beer, and they're watching the races on streaming. This is like a Derby Bill uh perfect uh, scenario type deal but for five days to be with his buddies watching races betting online and uh having some libations so he did he did great um a lot harder than he thought it was and you're going to get your shot on friday october 16th and like you mentioned the fans can watch the races here uh at shenandoahdowns.com we stream it live we'll have replays up on the site as well um starting on monday so yeah fun opportunity we've got doug gurney from richmond uh, who's actually traveling here right now from Richmond. He's going to call today, and uh, it's going to be brisk up there on the roof of the building. Uh, like you said, it's uh, it's in the 50s here right now with a pretty stiff wind, so hoping he's, he brings it down coat with him. Yeah, I was impressed with some of the times yesterday. There were some uh, some quick times there uh, on the Oval. We had a 55-3, and three actually, 55-4, um, and four, which for a half-mile track that's uh, five years into it is, its existence is, uh, is pretty darn good. 
Yeah. Wanted to maybe just touch on some of the other racing events. Uh, and, and again, most of these are very limited or, or no fans uh, coming up. I did not realize that there's some opportunities uh, that have surfaced with the steeplechase circuit. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, uh, the Foxfield races will run in the fall, October 4th. Uh, the, uh, the International Gold Cup will have racing. Tell us a little bit about the steeplechase circuit. Yeah, it's fun. Even even this afternoon, uh, the Blue Ridge Point to Point, which is kind of a feeder program for the National Steeplechase events, but the, the Blue Ridge Point to Point's running up in Berryville today. Uh, at 1230, and they've got full fields. They've got nine races and full fields for that. Should be a great day. But, yeah, the, there's three sanctioned steeplechase meets that uh, will be held in October. Uh, you mentioned Fox Field on Sunday, October the 4th, uh, the Middleburg Fall Races on Saturday, October 10th, and then the granddaddy of the fall races, the uh, International Gold Cup, on October the 24th. And I know the Gold Cup is not having folks there. I think Middleburg Fall Races, very limited, but there are tailgating spots available. And, Nick, I'm not sure about Foxfield. You might know more than me about that. But, but all three are definitely going to run. So you add those up, the point-to-point, and the fact that harness racing just kicked off here in the, in the Shenandoah Valley yesterday. So it's good to see Virginia Racing having a, a, what, what, what was going to be a full calendar and still is now, uh, despite yeah, COVID. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's almost the only steeplechase racing happening uh, in the country these days is is happening in Virginia. So it's it's good to see that uh, dedication to to racing. Well, Daryl, good luck at the racing today. I'll, I've been watching a few of the highlights, watching some of your recaps, and uh, maybe you can give me a few pointers before the sixteenth uh, there. But um, you know, good luck at the races today, and uh, enjoy the show. Yeah, definitely, Nick. And, uh, you know, the folks that can follow, uh, again, at ShenandoahDowns.com, the streaming. Our Facebook page has got just a boatload of content, fun stuff on it. Uh, Facebook, Shenandoah Downs as well. So uh, look forward to talking to you next week, Nick. Great. Daryl Wood joining us from Central of Woodstock uh, up in Shenandoah County uh, this morning on Off to the Races. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll reach for Andrew Beyer. Andy Beyer will join us on Off to the Races after this break. Stay tuned. Ashland's Eagle Point Farm, located in Richmond's rich traditional thoroughbred country, an area that produced the immortal Secretariat. Eagle Point Farm graduates excel at racetracks throughout the Mid-Atlantic, but race at Colonial Downs with a home field advantage. Now managed by Karen Dennehy-Gotze, Eagle Point Farm is in its third generation of breeding, breaking, raising, and racing thoroughbreds. You can see why their 44-stall barn stays near capacity. Their developing horses train on a four-and-a-half furlong irrigated training track. Licensed trainers, experienced riders. In the return of racing at Colonial Downs in 2019, Eagle Point Farms captured the $100,000 Tyson Gilpin Stakes with What the Beep. It's What the Beep who comes up calling after the lead. English Harris tries to battle on toward the inside, but What the Beep has all the momentum, and What the Beep wins the Tyson Gilpin. 200 acres of paddocks, round pens, gallops, and care. Ask about the Virginia Certified Residency Program and have your thoroughbreds take flight at Eagle Point Farm in Ashland and online at eaglepointfarm.com. Weekday afternoons at 3. Catch the save on ESPN Richmond. That's right. Steve Saban is back and you can listen on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. Plus, don't forget to listen on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Richmond. Scott Graham here from Westwood One with a Sunday night football preview. Seattle will play host to the Sunday primetime matchup this week when Russell Wilson and the Seahawks take on the New England Patriots, now led by Cam Newton at quarterback. The post-Tom Brady era got off to a good start for the Patriots with a division win over Miami. For Seattle, head coach Pete Carroll had to be pleased with Russell Wilson's strong performance and a win over Atlanta. Russell was in total command of the game, had a beautiful game. But it is a statement, though, of, of the offseason. The, this whole Zoom season, our guys uh, did a marvelous job. Russ was extremely involved, intricately involved. It just showed. Ryan Radke and Mike Holmgren will call the action from Seattle when the Seahawks host the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. Remember to listen to Westwood One's coverage of the NFL all season long. Right here on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. Hey, 
Frequent heartburn may keep you from running your A game, but it doesn't have to anymore. Join the Prilosec OTC two-week challenge. Just go to PrilosecOTC.com. You'll get $3 off to get you started, plus 14 days of tips, tricks, and reminders. Just two weeks, zero heartburn. Go to PrilosecOTC.com and sign up today. Zero heartburn is possible with Prilosec OTC. Use as directed for 14 days to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. According to the Social Security Administration, there are over 9,000 combinations for how you can take Social Security. Choose wrong, and you could leave thousands on the table. Hi, I'm Ken Murray, founder of Retirement Planners of America. Social Security can be very complex. You can receive a free Social Security consultation. We'll help you choose the option and build a plan to help your money last as long as you do. Call for your free consultation now, 800-375-1159, 800-375-1159. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that selecting your new mattress is a decision that's too important to rush. You should only purchase a mattress when you're ready, and you are assured you got the best value. That's why we offer our lowest and best price to everyone, every day. You don't have to wait for a holiday weekend, haggle with a sales associate, or face the pressure of a today-only sale. You can take your time and make a choice that is right for you, knowing that you'll always get our best price. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't just have a low-pressure sales approach, we have a no-pressure sales approach. At OMF, you'll never feel pressure to buy when you're not ready. You can feel free to shop around, test out our mattresses as many times as you need to, and quiz our team on anything about the mattress industry. We're here to help make your mattress buying experience better, not pressure you into a purchase you're not ready to make. Stop by an OMF store today to experience the no-pressure Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at ESPN Richmond. Keeping you up to date 24-7. We are 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. to get my feet stomping this morning on off to the races that's eli cook they played again last night at dirty nelly's i was not able to make the show dirty nelly's in charlottesville but we appreciate uh, the lead-in music from eli cook on this cool saturday morning a little bit breezy and joining us on off to the races this morning drf uh, the daily racing form writer wrote for the Washington Post, a number of other uh, <laughs> entities uh, throughout his career. The, the developer of the Buyer Speed figure, and Andy Buyer, joins us now on Off to the Races. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Nick. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we appreciate you making time uh, for us. Uh, it may have a little bit more time than you, than you have in the past, but uh, so we appreciate you spending it with us this Saturday morning on Off to the Races. We have, being on a Richmond local station, still a relatively new audience, a lot of people that are not familiar with horse racing and uh, still new to horse racing. Uh, and I think this is going to be relevant to some questions I'm going to be asking you here in a few moments. But I, I think it's important to maybe start here with your buyer speed figure. It, this is going to kind of be like asking Einstein to sum up what physics are in a couple of sentences, but maybe if you could give us just maybe a, 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 as simplified as you can a definition of, of what your speed uh, rating does. Uh, sure. Uh, the, the most important single factor in handicapping and in horse racing is time. I mean, who can run faster than whom? And it's a uh, judging that in horse racing has always been uh, uh, somewhat tricky because racetracks change uh, from day to day. Uh, one track may be significantly faster than another. So you can't just look at the final times uh, of races and, and, and compare horses. What we do with, uh, with speed figures is to analyze uh, you know, every racing day and judge how fast the track was. And we, uh, we, 
we take the take the the running time, convert it into a number that uh, expresses how fast the horse ran and how fast the track was, and so that. If you look and see, one one horse is a buyer speed figure of ninety five. Another horse is a buyer speed figure of eighty five. The the, uh, the you know the ninety five is faster, and it's uh, 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 you know it, it you know it's a it's a complicated process. I mean, we it, I. We're, we're, I developed this method in the 1970s. I wrote uh, a book, Picking Winners, that uh, uh, explained the methodology and, and it really popularized uh, the uh, you know the whole concept of speed handicapping. I mean, I'm happy to say Picking Winners is still in print after 45 years. It's been translated into uh, Japanese and Korean, and it's uh, created a lot of uh, uh, a lot of enthusiastic speed handicappers. So that's the that's the the short version of the buyer speed figures. So it's it's sort of a it, maybe taking it uh, in this approach. It's a balance of time, distance, and variant. And variant might be a, a good way of, of of expressing it as an example. If you looked at the U.S. Open, the golf tournament, the amount of moisture in the greens affects the speed of the ball on your putts. And the same thing happens with a lot much larger impact on the surface, of course, in horse racing. Is is well, is that kind of a fair way of putting it? A lot of variation in horse racing as opposed, say, to like, you know, uh, you know human racing on track because horses run on a... Uh, uh, you know, on a cushion of dirt that's three or four inches deep, and as that varies, uh, the you know the condition of the track change can can change a lot. So you, you've got to always factor that in to to understand uh, to understand time. And and speaking of time, one of the innovations, and in, in, and it's still being uh, it's still in the works in, in horse racing, is the timing system, which has gone from someone holding a stopwatch to to evolving to more electronic timing, and recently into a GPS based uh, timing system. Um, there have been a number of inaccuracies uh, regarding time. That can be as much as uh, typically it's it's about a fifth or maybe two fifths of a second, but it can be as much as three or four fifths of a second, which is you know translates into lengths in horse racing. Um, you know that the, the, when they're messing with time uh, and, and time doesn't come across as accurate, it messes with your speed rating, doesn't it? Right. I mean the uh, the. The, the whole idea of, of having speed figures is is based on the fact that you're 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 starting with an accurate time and and precision is is crucial i mean that uh i mean we know like, like many or most horse races are decided by a fifth or two fifths of a second and so you know you know what what to you know? Some casual fans might seem an inconsequential uh, uh, you know, amount of time. Is it, you know, if you're betting, I mean, it's it, it's huge. I mean, uh, two fifths of a second, uh, uh, you know, is uh, you know is a, is a is a crucial amount of time. And the uh, I, I'm uh, as you mentioned, they're very they're differing. Uh, uh, you know, methods of timing races, but the one that is tried and true is is what we refer to as the beam system, and it's just a beam of light, you know, that stretches across the finish line and, and the starting point. And when the horses break through it, uh, you know, it, it 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 you know it records the time of the lead horse, and it's uh, you know it's you know it stood the test of time. Uh, for a, you know, since the 1940s, and uh, you know, now we have more, uh, more supposedly more sophisticated system uh, coming in uh, using uh, GPS timing, but it's not an improvement. Uh, it's uh, in, in fact, we've 
you know we're we're regressing and i'm uh, you know and i'm i'm very concerned that this uh uh, uh, that the spread of, uh, of GPS timing is going to have a, uh, you know, a, a, a real serious negative effect on the, uh, the quality of, uh, of uh, horse racing data. Yeah, certainly, uh, it's something that's very. It's probably the one thing uh, that you, that has to be right in terms of uh, judging and, and just the process of carrying out, uh, uh, you know, a system that you need for for the uh, for a running of a race. Wanted to maybe touch on. Wanted to certainly get your thoughts on the upcoming Preakness here, uh, and and maybe the Triple Crown at large. But I, I wanted to maybe backtrack a little bit uh, to a conversation that we had been while you were in the press box uh, during uh, the Preakness a, a few years ago. Um, you are a cyclist. Um, and, and the conversation kind of surrounded what did you do before cycling and, and as part of the preparation for this show, discovered that you did some running and jogging in your day. Um, can you tell us maybe a little bit about the running and cycling that you do? And maybe if it just, you know, was it just kind of coincidental or did, you know, doing all that, did, is that how, like, you perfected the speed rating, no, you know, no, this. No. It, it, it's sort of a whole different thing. And I, you know, and I, I was not fast enough in either of my hobbies to really be uh, concerned about fifths of a second. Although, I mean, I, uh, uh, I, uh, you know, I ran a couple marathons in my younger days as a cyclist. I, uh, climbed the, you know, the, the, the most famous, uh, Mountain. Uh, it's part of the Tour de France. Uh, did it uh, fairly slowly, uh, uh, but it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't really relate to my, uh, uh, you know, to my horse racing life. You 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 don't think about pace when you're out there on the track or on the road, no. <laughs> well, I well I do, but I uh, I usually don't burn myself out by going too fast. <laughs> Me neither. I'm working through some plantar fasciitis right now. So, yeah. Um, the Preakness coming up here at Pimlico, it's going to be such an odd sight being run in October and run in front of an empty racetrack. Uh, a lot of races have been run in front of an empty racetrack at Pimlico, but not, never the Preakness. Right. <laughs> um, we have Authentic coming off of the Derby. Tis the Law just looked fabulous, almost looked invincible uh, coming into the Derby. Uh, and, and just, you know, Barkley Tag as a trainer, we saw this at, at Colonial Downs when he had showing up and they had the Grand Slam of Grass. So Barkley Tag, first thing he said in the winter circle is if the Derby's in three weeks, we're not running in it. Uh, and that could have implications with starters uh, through the through the Preakness. What, what are your thoughts on, on the upcoming Preakness, albeit two, two weeks away? Uh, well, I... It was just, I was uh, surprised that Tis the Law uh, disappointed uh, uh, in in the Derby. Uh, I mean, his uh, his Belmont had been a, a you know a, a really outstanding speed figure of a hundred nine. If he'd repeated it uh, uh, in the uh, in the Derby, I mean, he would have won, and he didn't. I mean, uh, authentic you know certainly ran well, but I think uh, based on his overall. Uh, Amount of work. I mean, that body of work. Uh, Tis the laws. The uh, uh, you know, it still ranks as the the leading three year old, and I hope hope they match up. Uh, uh, I wanted to say something. I, I, since I knew you were going to ask about the triple crown, I, I was just thinking of uh, the last day about just the of this whole season and uh, and how different it's been. And you know, I I think uh, the three-year-old racing this year uh, has been very it's been a bit different, but it's been quite satisfactory. I think so. Starting starting the the the, the series later in the year uh, gave horses a chance to to mature uh, and be, really be ready to run. You know, you know, uh, you know, t- you know, top. Top-notch races, as you know, as as Tis the Law did in the Belmont. Whereas, 
in modern day racing. I mean, you know, horses are horses don't train and race hard enough going into the uh, in, into the Kentucky Derby to really be able to deliver uh, uh, you know you know maximum performances. I mean, we just haven't seen you know. M- you know, many great derbies, uh, certainly from the speed figure standpoint, in a long time. And and uh, so I, I think the later start has been good. And uh, uh, you know, I think that uh, I think the racing industry should, t- you know, after, after this season should kind of take a take a look at the structure of the Triple Crown and and uh, and and see how we might Im- improve it. I mean, I. Uh, the, the races, everybody agrees, are too close together. I mean, trainers don't want to come back uh, uh, two weeks after the Derby and run in the Preakness. And, um, you know, re- reconfiguring the schedule to, to space the races out more would, would really make a lot of sense. And, uh, the you know, the distance of the Belmont is uh, the mile and a half is really an anachronism in modern racing, and I think the you know the uh, you know the distances of the the three races uh, sh- should be reconsidered. I mean, no, no no there's no rule that we have to do everything the way we did 50 years ago, and I think the the Triple Crown could really use some tweaking. It's, it's the traditionalist, and it's not the first time you've bucked up against a traditionalist in the sport. But they'll they'll be upset to to maybe hear that they always are. But I I think there are a lot of things in this year's Triple Crown that speaks to that. It, it certainly would help Maryland, not only may perhaps with the Preakness, but just that whole big Preakness weekend itself. Whatever whatever weekend it is, in two weeks you might get a couple out of the Derby. But it's always been a, an issue with the undercard races. But if you look at the horses going into the mystic guide won the jim dandy thousand words he wasn't able to start in the derby uh because of the paddock incident but he won the shared belief pneumatic won the uh, pegasus uh happy saver won the tessio uh you, you and that goes it, that includes all the other horses the art collector won the ellis park derby so you not only do they have a little bit more maturity and experience but they also have some more accolades underneath them. Um, so I, I, I think what you, I think it's a point well made uh, in terms of you know what the Triple Crown may look like in the future. Right. Andy, I appreciate yeah. you spending okay. some time with okay. us on Off well, to the Races. Okay, well, Nick, it's been good talking to you, and I uh, hope to do it again sometime. Great. Andy Byer, we appreciate him coming on this uh, cool Saturday morning and uh, sharing his buyer speed figures and his thoughts on the Triple Crown. A lot of knowledge there uh, in terms of, and a lot of history in terms of handicapping horses. We're going to go to break on Off to the Races. When we come back, we'll dive into this Preakness field a little bit deeper and speak with Frank Vespi, proprietor of the RacingBiz.com. You're listening to Off to the Races. VirginiaHorseRacing.com Across Virginia from the Tidewater to the Shenandoah Valley From the summer thoroughbred season at Colonial Downs in New Kent To the fall harness meet at Shenandoah Downs in Woodstock From steeplechase meets like the Virginia Gold Cup at Great Meadow Or Foxfield or Middleburg Or Montpelier to point-to-point race action On VirginiaHorseRacing.com Find them on Facebook It's a great resource. In addition to live races, Virginia residents can wager horse racing online seven days a week via four Virginia Racing Commission approved industry partner sites. TVG.com, ExpressBet.com, TwinSpires.com, and NYRABets.com. Find out more at VirginiaHorseRacing.com. The weather's nice and you're thinking, I've had it up to here with being cooped up in the house. Then get yourself out and take us along. If you've got your phone, you've got us. Listen to our live stream at ESPNRichmond.com. 
The best jewelry buying opportunity ever is happening right now with Diamonds Direct. Pick any item, pay nothing down, and get five years zero interest financing. Imagine that $4,000 eternity band for only $67 a month. Or that $8,000 three-stone ring, just $135 a month. You can finance 100% of the purchase, even the tax. Don't miss this limited-time opportunity for the lowest payments ever on fine jewelry. On approved credit, details at DiamondsDirect.com. Short Pump with Broad Village. This is the Frost family. They live on a piece of land they call Greener Pasture, and they work on it behind the wheel of a John Deere 1 Series tractor. With its durable construction and features that hook up to dozens of attachments with ease, no job is too tough. The Frells family runs with us because this is more than just land. It's home. Nothing runs like a deer. Get a 1 Series tractor for just $99 per month at your John Deere dealer today. For additional cost information, please call toll-free 855-633-2315. Beauty lovers, we've got good news. 21 Days of Beauty is here at Ulta Beauty. That means you can snag the very best in beauty with daily beauty steals of 50% off the must-haves from brands like Tarte and Benefit Cosmetics. And with new launches to love from brands like KVD Vegan Beauty and Tula, your beauty routine is in for a treat. Have fun finding new faves at beauty's biggest event. Shop in-store, online, or try curbside pickup today. Event ends September 19th. Alta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Ready to take on that painting project? Ask Sherwin-Williams and get 40% off paints and stains with sale prices starting at 2309 September 18th through 21st. With 40% off our exceptional paints and stains, you can give some color love to your bathroom, living room, or every room in your home. Shop in-store or order online for curbside pickup. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. As you get back to business, small things can make a big difference. Like marking safe distances with floor tape and posting reminders to wash hands. As always, Granger is here to help. Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. Free access to product specialists, 24-7 support, safety recovery guides, and more. It's part of our commitment to help you adapt and recover in these challenging times. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. ESPN Richmond is an Urban One radio station, minority controlled and operated, and serving the African American community for over 40 years. This is 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Generic Sildenafil allows you to save up to $650 on Viagra. Why pay name brand prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get the same results for less than $3? a pill. Call today and get 50 generic sildenafil pills for just $99. Call 800-685-2383. That's 800-685-2383. Again, 800-685-2383. We wait for this all year long. Today is International Talk Like a Pirate Day, so without further ado, <laughs> new roads at the all-new Parks Chevrolet Richmond. Here's Casey Lane. <laughs> Parks Chevrolet has been family-owned and operated for over 50 years, but we're bringing the Parks Promise to car buyers here in Richmond now. And if you're looking for a Silverado, 2020s, they're up to 10000 off MSRP. 2020 Equinox Amtrax, up to 30% off MSRP. And 2020 Traverse, up to 20% off MSRP. That's a great pirate thing to say, too, isn't it? Experience the Parks Promise. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Find new roads today at ParksRichmond.com and see us at Parks Chevrolet Richmond. You don't have your best price, matey. Until you have your Parks price. Hey. Business done family style with deals to make you smile. ParksRichmond.com For well-qualified buyers, financing with GMF plus tax, tag, and title. See dealer for details. Hey, it's Bob Black already looking forward to the Monday Sports Huddle because we will be live from the new reimagined Lexus of Richmond. We'll wrap up the Washington football team's game in Arizona. Al Galdi from the Team 980 joins us to do that. Monday, 8 to 10, 99.5-1027 ESPN. And we're off to the races. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us. Frank Vespi now joins us on Off to the Races. Good morning, Frank. Morning, Nick. Good to be with you. 
want to dive into the Preakness field. It's still two weeks away, but uh, just to kind of provide everybody with an update of who may and may not start in the Preakness, uh, might go through the list here as you have them listed on the racingbiz.com website. And uh, it's it's always been a bit of a long list. That's good to see. That's one of the uh, maybe positives of the Triple Crown being held late in the year. But uh, let's maybe start with, well, let's start with the Derby winner, Authentic. Uh, along with Thousand Words, Bob Baffert came out early and said that both of these horses, the Preakness was going to be the target. And uh, it doesn't, Frank, appear to be any change in, in that thinking. No, in fact, uh, Baffert said this week that both those horses are still on track for the Preakness. So that's that's obviously good news for, for the Preakness and for racing fans. should be kind of interesting to see a thousand words back in action and authentic. The Derby winner planning for the Preakness. Baffert had another horse, Azul Coast, to won the El Camino Real Derby was originally under consideration for the Preakness but is now off the Preakness trail so authentic and thousand words look to be Baffert's two runners pointing to the Preakness at this point the real question and it's to me it won't be much of a question I would be no matter what Tis the Law does this week in his workout, which is apparently going to be the deciding factor whether he goes in the Preakness or not, I would still be astonished if Tis the Law runs in the Preakness. And there's a little bit of a collateral impact there with um, Swiss Skydiver because the connections Ken McPeak with, with uh, Swiss Skydiver said, if Tis the Law doesn't run, we are the Philly, uh, that one um, – was second in the Kentucky Oaks, but has just been sensational all this year. Uh, any update with uh, Tiz the Law? What are your thoughts on on Tiz to Tiz or not to Tiz? Well, you, you certainly hit the nail on the head, Nick. And and uh, I think the latest out of that camp was that he he came back from the Kentucky Derby a little bit kind of stiff, stiffer than he had in previous races. And they, they've suggested that he, he doesn't like the, the racing strip at, at Churchill. That's where his two defeats have occurred. But, but I think uh, certainly all signs, you know, Barkley Tag is a cautious horseman. And, and all signs are that he is, um, let's, say, let's say, he's strongly inclined to pass on the Preakness, as he has said. And, and certainly seems, the things he says he's seeing out of Tis the Law uh, are the kinds of things that make you decide to skip a race. So I, I'm with you. I think I'd be surprised if he were to come to Baltimore. And that, that's interesting because, as you said, and this was sort of the headline of the week, I think, Swiss Skydiver, she was second in the Kentucky Oaks, won the, won the Alabama, I believe. And, and Kenny McPeak has said that they're going to take a long look at the Preakness. There really aren't any grade one three-year-old Philly races left. And they have said if Tis the Law doesn't come to Baltimore, there's a pretty good chance that they will. So might be another Philly in the Preakness. Been a while since we had one of those, particularly one who was a, a legitimate contender as Swiss Skydiver might be. Yeah, Maybe some of the other starters uh, that are possible for the Preakness. New York Traffic, the horse that spent his yearling year right down the road from me here in in Earliesville is even though he ran the farthest in the derby uh, looks like he'll be coming back for the uh, for the Preakness um, we went through some of them with Andy Byer earlier uh, maybe thoughts on the rest of the field yeah, I mean, I think one one horse we're, we're looking forward to seeing, you know, certainly New York traffic is an interesting horse. I mean, this was a horse that had a very sort of progressive pattern coming into the Preakness, a little bit of a wise guy, uh, rather into the Kentucky Derby, a little bit of a wise guy horse, didn't run a great race, but now they're going to, now it looks as if they're going to bring him back and, and be interesting to see if he could recapture his form, Mr. Big News, I thought ran a really good race in the Kentucky Derby, circling the field on the far turn, and really looked like he was going to make some noise in the lane. He emptied out a little bit after that, but but it was certainly a good effort, and he might get a little bit better trip 
uh, in Baltimore. So he's an interesting horse. I mean, the one piece of news, I can't remember if you mentioned this, King Guillermo now looks like he is out of the Preakness. He had missed the Derby with a fever Derby week, and they said they were pointing to the Preakness, but now it looks like he's out. That's what I'm hearing this morning. Uh, so that's interesting. Obviously, art collector. Uh, also new this week is Live Your Beast Life. He was the yep. fast-closing runner-up in the Jim Dandy behind Mystic Guide. They are saying, his his trainer, Jorge Abreu, said this week that they were going to supplement him into the Preakness, which is going to cost them $25,000. So they must be feeling pretty good about how that horse is doing. So still looking at a, a decent-sized field for the Preakness, and it doesn't seem that, doesn't seem that anybody's too scared off by authentic i mean i guess maybe if you get authentic and tis the law a couple people are going to drop out but if it's just authentic it seems like a a lot of horses are willing to take a shot maybe a thought on um on what andy buyer said this is something we've talked about before uh it's a little less relevant It, it was a lot of you know didn't garner a lot of news uh, until COVID struck and all the schedules just went bonkers. Um, Andy Byer kind of suggested that we should maybe take another look at the Triple Crown. Uh, any uh, reaction to that? You know, how, how, if, what should they look at if, if they're going to take a look at it? I, I that was a good interview with Andy. I listened to it while uh, you know prior to coming on, and and I, I thought that was uh, he had some interesting things to say. So so good stuff there, Nick. Uh, I completely agree with him. I think we should absolutely take a look at the Triple Crown because. You know, first off, as he pointed out, the spacing of the races doesn't make any sense in 2020. You know, it used to be it used to be not uncommon for a horse to win the Derby, win the Preakness, win another race, and then come back and, and run in the Belmont. I mean, that that was not uncommon for horses to run four times in four or five weeks. Now it's unheard of. You know, horses at this level do not run in a race and then come back two weeks later and run another race and three weeks later run another race. It's just, you know, that's an anachronism. As he said, the Belmont distance is an anachronism. You know, Tom Chukas had made this proposal several years ago. He, he used to be the head of the Maryland Jockey Club. Why, why don't we do this a month, a month, a month, you know, so that you do say the Derby the first Saturday in May, the Preakness the first Saturday in June, and and the Belmont on July 4th, that kind of thing. And I, to me, that makes a lot of sense, not only for these races, but also for the undercard races. You could start to do something. You could say, have an older horse triple crown with the Pimlico Special and, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm not sure what the analog at, at, Belmont, at Churchill and Belmont are, but you know you could do a turf triple with the Turf Classic at, 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 at Churchill and the Dixie, which is now the dinner party at Pimlico and a race at Belmont. I mean, you, you could do some really cool things that would be good for the entire sport if you had more time. But as things are now in this compressed schedule, which by the way isn't written in stone anyway. I mean, it's you know the, these races have moved around over time the Preakness has been first the Preakness has been the same day as the Derby the races used to be two weeks and two weeks so the the this spacing and this order is not are not written in stone I, I think you could do some really good things that would certainly benefit Maryland but I would argue would benefit the entire sport if you just said we don't have to be in this exact configuration of spacing and I think that would be tremendously beneficial so I completely agree with Andy on this yeah, that's certainly uh, a subject that'll linger um, as as uh, as we deal with COVID and schedules eventually get reset. Frank, good talking to you this morning, and uh, appreciate you coming on. And uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Nick. Have a great day. Great. Frank Vespi off to the races. We're going to get right into it here with Derby Bill Watson, who uh, comes on. And I tell you what, we, we did a Derby Bill does a great job spotting horses for us. He caught one this morning that would have completely slipped by me. I'm so glad that he he brought up Amstan, a horse that raced at Colonial Downs, made one impressive start, and now is in a stakes race a little bit uh, north of Buffalo <laughs> in uh, in uh, Toronto at Woodbine Racetrack today. Good morning, Derby Bill. Hey, 
usually we only go uh, up to Canada a couple times a year and maybe to the grocery store to get Molson. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be uh, tipping some Molsons if uh, Amsden wins uh, this race today, the four horse in the third third race. Let's maybe start there. We have the, the stakes race at Belmont that we'll get to in the waning moments of the show, but m- maybe start here. Uh, we'll start with the uh, Woodbine Mile here where War of Will, who led off our show, uh, is two to one in the morning line. Uh, maybe give us some thoughts here on the one – and. Uh, always get confused about this whether it's american or canadian dollars but the the woodbine mile a million dollar purse uh, up at woodbine a field of eight including war of will what are your thoughts yeah, war of will is uh, just a rare horse can run on the turf and dirt which we like a lot because we follow turf racing a little bit more than dirt nowadays with the uh, virginia trail of uh since the grand slam of grass we put a focus on turf but War Will won the Preakness last year, and I can win this race easily today. He's just a rare horse that can do both. Uh, two to one's not a lot of value in this horse, on the horse today. So, uh, Nick, I'll probably just watch that race. There's a horse called March to the Arch also here. Seems like uh, he likes Woodbine, and I enjoyed uh, uh, Cheeseburger Double at McDonald's. So March to the Arch is a <laughs> sentimental pick here. Yeah, Derby Bill's Big Mac pick here, uh, perhaps in the uh, in the Woodbine Mile. Uh, what do you think about Amston three to five? Got a little bit of um, competition from Ready of Respect, a horse that has been over the Woodbine turf um, several times, including a win, and has a um, has a stakes uh, placing as well with Ready to Repeat, trained by Gail Cox. Uh, pretty much a two-horse race, but you're dealing with two-year-olds here, so you never know. Uh, anything to look at in the Ontario racing uh, race, the third race on the card? Because the update is Ready to Repeat uh, scratched, and he's going to run in Sunday's Summer Stakes, which is a Breeders' okay. Cup win, and you're in grade one. So Ready to Repeat, the favorite, uh, co-favorite pretty much with Amstead. If your listeners don't remember, he set a strong strong pace and one that's a heavy favorite on uh, i even think he was on nick's picks here at colonial downs in july and uh the one the second and third horses in that race came out of colonial downs and won which is you know this is the amstead's the son of american pharaoh is the big key Three hundred thousand, three hundred fifty thousand purchase the son of American Pharaoh and uh, eight to five. Without ready to repeat in this race, Nick, there's one other horse that ran at Colonial. Sky's not falling. Very interesting horse there. He ran in the Hansel. Uh, obviously, actually the favorite in the Hansel at Colonial Downs and lost. But uh, he switched from dirt to turf almost like a war will. So I'm going to stick with uh, Amstead in this race and just put something underneath him. Yeah, the, the Am, Amstead, the, the significance there is four-wheel drive who uh, set a track record at Colonial Downs, literally breaking, you know, talking about they never, they didn't get the time of the race until really late. Um, I'm not even sure it made some of the initial charts. Four-wheel drive came back and won a Breeders' Cup race uh, after after that. So, um, and, and sired, both of those sired by American Pharaoh. So certainly that's why that horse is, is on our radar. The Belmont Oaks is the fifth race on this slow, I mean, it is a relatively slow Saturday morning. Only a five-horse field in the uh, Belmont Oaks uh, going a mile and a quarter here for three-year-old fillies. A pretty long distance here. Maybe uh, that has something to do with the field. Magic Attitude makes his first U.S. start for Arnold Delacour, uh, sired by Galileo. I mean, this is, appears to be a very tough horse, uh, and he's it's reflected in the morning line at even money. Well, just because John John Velasquez was on the radio show uh, last week and won some race called the Kentucky Derby a couple weeks back, <laughs> William Mott trained uh, Antoinette. I'm going to try to play Antoinette in this one. In the short field, you almost need uh, Andy Byers, legendary Andy Byers, twin trifecta wager where you bet trifecta in this race and trifecta in another race. They need to reinstall that. Andy Byers' biggest hit of his life was... Hundred and ninety-five thousand dollars on a twin trifecta, Nick. 
So the expansion of wagering needed on these short field races, but Antoinette's pretty much my oaks lock. I'd like to see them bring that bet back. I'd like to see it in a few more places. That, that used to be fun when Maryland ran it. Derby Bill, we appreciate your thoughts. Get your preak on because uh, it's only two weeks away. I know you'll be ready for it by the time it gets here, and uh, we'll have plenty more with you later on next Saturday on Off to the Races. Thanks for coming on. Oh, yeah, everybody. Enjoy the races in Canada. There we go. I'm going to thank Derby Bill, Frank Vespi, Andrew Beyer, Daryl Wood, Mitchell Bradley on the board. Great job today. We'll have plenty more for you on Off to the Races. The Preakness two weeks away. Stay tuned, stay listening, and stay safe, everybody. From the G Law Firm Studios, your personal injury attorneys. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. WXGI Richmond. WTPS Petersburg.